Welcome everybody to the Kingdom Link Podcast. We are so excited and thrilled that you are here with us today. Man, what a great first episode we had with Brother Yarnacek. We are so happy and honored that he joined with us for an incredible series. Today we are going to start on episode two of that interview. We are just so thrilled and grateful that he joined with us. There are so many great things. If you are a youth leader or a young youth minister or just a youth at heart, just listen to the words that he has to say. He has got some great details and some influence with the youth, and he is just going to impact your life. And I hope that what we discuss and what he has to say just changes someone's life today. Thank you for joining in. So here's episode two. So what do you think is the biggest challenge that young people are facing today? What do you, what do you think is the biggest thing? Biggest thing, I, I think, by far, they can't be real. Because there, there is such a pull. If people could be real and they could just be real, I think that we would have so many other things. But there is such an attack on while it's an oxymoron, while they're striving so hard to be identified as something themselves, they're their own selves. They've patterned their life after what everybody else is doing. And so for one kid, I've, I've watched the struggle, for one kid that leaves um, a home filled with alcoholism and drunkenness and finds a reason to come to church and be faithful Sunday and Wednesday for a boy that has never been raised in church, and yet still, even teachers, oh, now you're a Christian kid, now you're... Because we, we live in such a a deplorable um, state Mm -hmm. that people always fight against what they don't understand. They don't ask questions a lot of times, but they'll fight, fight, fight. Oh, you, you believe this and you that. And so what we've seen in Wellston is that I think it is, I think it is the, the inability to be real and to be celebrated in that, in that sense. That, that, that speaks to, I think the issue of the the rush to be something that they're really not because they're looking for identity. So if yeah. if I'm moving into a, a transgender situation or uh, some other kind of uh, way to say it, I'll say who I am because I don't like who I am. I'll change who I am because I don't like who I am. And um, identity matters. And the world has shaped their their uh, ideas of identity with their, as one, one person said, with their feet firmly planted in the air. Absolutely. No foundation. Mm-hmm. And really, the only one that could tell the creation what it is, is the creator. Right. The creator is the only one that could tell who he is, you know. But, uh, hey, if I can, what what kind of tips do you have to a young minister out there to invest in the younger generation? How, what are some tips that you have that we can just invest into young people, into, this, into our students? So this is a big deal to me. Um, let's not overcomplicate. So my purpose, if you ask me, Brother Jay, what is your purpose? My purpose is to love God passionately, mm-hmm. biblically, mm-hmm. and consistently. And to love people 
if people would work on loving people in spite of what they look like, and I know this seems so dull, I mean, are, there's nothing new. If, if they would work on their communication, if they would work on understanding what they believe and why they believe it, mm-hmm. because people that are coming to our church, they know what the world has to offer. Right. right. They want something else. That's, That's why they're there. Yeah. They want, but there's a generation that is dying for a lack of knowledge. And knowledge is what is going to bring a boldness. It's hard to be bold and confident mm-hmm. when you're uncertain. Mm-hmm. So if we're building student ministers, um, preteen ministries that don't really understand what they believe and why they believe, and the moment that a hard question comes, um, whether it be a holiness question, I have people that are coming up and asking me these real questions that most people are like skirting away from. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got I got to give them 50,000 scriptures. And sometimes they just want to know the application of it. Why do your ladies have long hair? That ha- that question came to me in a public setting in uniform with other teachers hmm. all around listening for my response. I didn't give them exegesis. I just said, do you know what the Bible says? And I, I gave a reference. I said, this is what the, se- the Bible says. I never knew that. And so, I mean, it was done after that. Whatever they do is what they do. But I'm not afraid. You, mm-hmm. If you got the guts to ask the question, I got the guts to answer it or show you in Scripture. So I, I think that lo- practice loving people. Mm-hmm. Practice when you come to church, everything that we need is in this house, in the church house, okay? But sometimes as young people, young leaders, we always migrate to the familiar. Well, how are you going to be comfortable in the unfamiliar if you never challenge your comfort zone? So your comfort zone in worship, your comfort zone in, in greeting people. You don't need an usher tag to greet people and to walk up at people. You need to practice questions. We talked about that the other day. Having the right questions. There's right. some questions you, you can ask that is a, a conversation starter. There's some compliments that you can give. I try and get in the kids in the school. I gave a kid, Ski Pop is really big in Wellston. It used to be bottled there. So it's like it's like liquid gold. And so I asked this girl, I says, I bet that you can't give 70 or whatever it was, 70 compliments, not obvious compliments. She said, I can do it. So she had a friend walk with her that they would walk up and say, not just I like your jacket. Because you can change that. And most of the time, those kids didn't buy their jacket, okay? So, hey, I really like what you did the other day. You helped that kid out. I noticed it. So another girl is tabulating all these things. So she comes the next day, and she says, Officer J, check this out. And she shows me this whole list of (laughs) 70 people that she complimented. Now, that's not a million-dollar thing. The point that I was making is let's add good Add value. Add value. Add value. And and so that was simple. So what would happen if 50% of our students in church gave more compliments than what they were looking for? Because if I give you a compliment and I start bragging about you, as you're bragging about him, um, 
Brother Gothra about he's associate pastor and 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 he's in the family and he's giving you two grandbabies. Oh, it does something to him. We all want to be puffed up. Mm-hmm. We all want to be appreciated, right? Right. And so when we get our kids to attack a negative culture with positive words, life and death is in the power of the tongue. It works for them outside of the church just like it works for us in the church. Right. So I think I've thrown a couple things at you. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to love God. They need to know who they're serving. Right. Stop serving God according to what they're doing. Um, they got to love people. God, give me love. When I went to Wellston, I've learned this from leadership. God, give me a supernatural love for the people that I'm going to serve. Because if you don't give me that love, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be patient. I'm yeah. going to bite their heads off. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, is, is that a couple things that oh, you can obvious. latch a hold of? That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, uh, Pastor Jay, uh, in, in, in shifting that thought between dealing with perhaps the unsaved or even dealing with a youth group, um, years ago, I remember you making a statement to me, and that was that uh, I believe it was you that made the statement, but uh, that you didn't want to go to the grave holding on anything. You wanted to be completely spent, everything you know, everything you do, uh, given out to others. And I think that's the way to live. I think far too many people, we've said this on this podcast, but one of the wealthiest places in the world is the graveyard. Because there's buried songs there. There's buried ministries there. There is people that died with books they should have written. And, and, and ministries they should have started. Or leadership or businesses or something that would be life-changing. or Just simply because they didn't invest in others. Shifting to when you find a leader in your ministry or even at school. But when you find a leader, what are some things you look to start investing in that person? And pouring in that person. The, the only thing that you cannot create more of is time. So what I want them to know is that as busy as we all are, when I give you time, mm-hmm. I never get that back. So I want to I create time with them. I want to help them develop almost like uh, informal interview to where I want you to understand what makes me tick. I want I want to understand what makes you tick. The more that we have conversation, this is what Elijah and Elisha had. Mm-hmm. Whether you like Elijah's personality or not, Elisha knew the only way to get what he wanted was to have a relationship with that man. And so... I want them to know that I am their greatest. I love them whether or not they fail or succeed. I love them, which is a trust issue. Mm -hmm. So if they can know that I trust them and I'll be there for them, because some of our kids in my community, all around the country and probably the world, that there is no healthy, it is so, um, what's the word, um, the, the trouble and the turmoil in homes, even in apostolic homes. And so I want them to know that they have a place. This is what I learned when I left Arkansas. Um, we had nothing in our house. 
we had packed everything in the U-Haul. I was moving from Arkansas to um, Iowa for a, a segment of time. So we had nothing. We had no food. We got pizza. We had plasticware. And this is what I learned about youth ministry. It took all that time, eight years or whatever it was of youth ministry, for me to figure, really figure this out. That number one, kids want it. They want to know that they're loved no matter what. Mm-hmm. They know the decisions they're making, good and bad. They understand that. But they want to know that you're not going to leave them. What? Didn't Jesus turn to his disciples and say, are you going to leave me too? <laughs> you're going to leave me too? Because that's our nature. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be there. They need a place to hang out. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned about youth ministry. And so when we're going forward in the things that we're dealing with, I think those are some things that I want to hold on to that these students, I'm going to invest my time in them. I'm going to invest my resource in them. Why would I give them a job to do and not give them the tools? Right. Right. So I want to invest that, and I want to invest my energy. Three things. My Mm -hmm. time, my tools, or resources, and my energy. Wow. And I think that if, if they know... I'm better. Brother Gil, if I know you, you have my back, it brings confidence to me. I'm not alone. Right. Same way with our kids. Right. That's why choirs are so powerful. It doesn't <laughs> isolate one voice. That's to the soloist, it's no big deal, right? But to the person that's learning, it's a really big deal. Really I don't big want to deal. stand up there all by myself and everybody right. with their beady eyes looking at me. So, right. so those are the three things that, that I invest in. That, that that's awesome. You mentioned energy, resources. Uh, what areas of ministry do you find most energizes you and fulfills you? It's just like a shot of adrenaline. If if I can, um, it it was always growing up. It was it was the music aspect. Mm. It was it was finding oh. <laughs> It's finding the moment in a song, the moment of release. Mm. Thank God that we have an intro, we have the verse and the chorus and the bridge and the tag. But in every song, when you're dealing with anointing, there's always a moment. And so I'm always anxious to find that moment of release. The moment when the congregation stops singing a solo mm. and it transitions into a very spiritual moment. So to me, those moments in life, the moment in this conversation, I'm always looking for a moment. What's that moment when I know it's like the Lord just pulled a chair up. He said, now you're talking my business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always looking for that moment. So what drives me? It's that moment. Because I can have the worst day on the planet and get into the presence of God. And at times I've just wept, wept. So... A moment. A moment. So years ago, I was headed to um, to Dayton for a district meeting. And um, when I left Wellston, for whatever the reason, it wasn't like bad bills or I didn't have enough money or, or had a fight with my wife or whatever. I, I just was weeping. I'm an emotional. I'm Italian. We love hard, fight hard. And so, <laughs> so I was just crying. I was driving from Wellston all the way to Dayton. Just, God, I want more of you. That has, that has been, God help me, this has been my prayer. God help me love you more. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. God, help me love you more. Help me love you more. Help me to give you more of my heart. As I pulled in to probably the city limits of Dayton, the Lord asks me a question. I had been pastor for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half too. And the Lord asked me a question. He says, son, if I remove the church that you pastor from Wellston, will your city be affected by the loss of an apostolic voice? Will they even know it? Hmm. Or is it just another church that just dwindles out? Wow. So I have kept that close to my chest. And my wife, she says from her perspective, after I came home and I told her that, she said, since then, we have done church differently ever since. Hmm. Because now it's not about, let's just have a good church. Let's just rock it, twirl our sticks, stick out our tongue, play the drums. Ah, it's <laughs> awesome. No, it is, it's about, are we impacting our city? Because this is my drive in Wellston. This is my drive. This is my motivation. This is my passion. This is my energy. That if I die tomorrow, have I said enough, done enough? Hmm. That if that church, something happens, it blows up, we relocate. That that church, that city, that entire community of Wellston would say, whoa, you feel that? We're missing something. And so in relationships, I want that to be the same. When I walk away, not because I'm so wise, I have experience, good and bad. But when I walk away, wow, I'm missing that. And I remember Mickey Mangan years ago singing a song. And every time I hear it, I cry. Hmm. When she sang the song, I miss my time with you. Hmm. Yeah. Those moments together. So that's, that's my drive in my community. But that's God's drive for me. Michael, do you, oh God, do you miss me? <laughs> when you leave church, do you miss me? So that has become what fuels my life. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful, you know. When you have that kind of mentality, it makes serving a whole lot easier. Sure. It makes when you're, when you're, because we talk about seasons of life, that there are frustrating times. There's times of loss. There's times of devastation. There's times of abandonment. But the Lord knows that that's what, what you need to be re-energized and realize I'm here for a purpose, for a reason. Yeah. Well, on the on the reverse side, what is it that just drains you in leadership and ministry? Um, what is it that that just sucks the very life out of you? Um, is this censored? <laughs> it, 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 and believe you me, you know we have you here because you're real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I some sometimes so so I'll work my way to the 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 real deal, but not having the resources that you need to get it done. I don't know why God does it like this. He gives you a vision that's much larger than your bank account. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that is frustrating. I have the the heart to pursue excellence. I have the heart. If we had this, not not just talking about. Man, if we had more lights, I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about functional aspects of ministry. Mm-hmm. If we had that, 
if we had this person on staff, if we had this kind of, then it could really project us and propel us forward. So I think that that is frustrating. The other side of that is, is leaders that are not stepping up. So there's three reasons. Now, God has helped me with this. So this comes through my own trial and error. There's three reasons I feel, and I didn't read this in a book. I felt like God gave this to me. When I was frustrated with the situation, whatever the situation was, and God helped me with it, he said, there's three reasons why people don't do what's expected of them. Number one, they could care less. Okay. They don't care. Okay. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you demand, what you inspect. They don't care. Number two is they don't understand what is expected of them. Okay. Communication from a leader to a follower. Number three is they're trying. Mm-hmm. So, so in my frustration, you know, I, I, I said those things. So the, the big deal, sometimes my greatest frustration is me. Pastor Jay, those, those, those three things that God gave you about dealing with people is, is powerful. I wish that every leader would take a moment and write that down. The three things, and, and just, just give it to us one more time, what, what God spoke in your spirit. Why, why people don't do what they're expected to do is, number one, they could care less. They don't care. Okay. Number two is they don't understand what's expected of them. Number three, they're trying. They're trying. And, and I think that that last one is knowing your people because um, we use the analogy around here. There's different caliber of people. And one of the frustrations in ministry and leadership is trying to put a twenty-two bullet in a, you know, a nine-millimeter gun, right? But that's just not the right caliber. But if you could find that twenty-two gun, that bullet will fit in that gun because it's the right caliber. And it's not that it's worse or bad or you know, it's just a different kind of bullet. And there's different kind of people, and finding people and putting them in the right place is an ongoing challenge in leadership especially in pastoral ministry where you're not paying them, where you can't yeah. fire them. You want them there, and uh, you want them to be a part, but just shifting people to their place. And you don't want... Those leaders don't want to live frustrated. No. That's no fun. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I've, I know at sometimes it feels like I'm always giving some of our people, our leaders, the second half of the conversation. Well, if you don't have the context and you don't have the beginning and the ending... It's hard to understand what's expected of them. My point is, is I'm the one that's going to all these conferences. I'm going to camp meetings. I'm seeing what works. I'm seeing the next level of media, next mm-hmm. level of, of this or that. My people are not. So I'm coming back and saying, why don't you just do that? Rather than bringing somebody that can help become an adapter, like like a brother, Timothy Gothra, that he can come and say, listen, th- this is how we translate this is how we get to where we want to go, mm-hmm. somebody that talks that language. So I think that's where it's resourcing people. Um, not everybody has a great budget mm-hmm. to work with for media or $100,000 for sound or whatever. But if we can find some baby steps yes, that what is going to get us in, in, in a trajectory that's going to take us, here's five-year yeah. plans. So that's something only I can do. Only I can give the vision of the church. Right. But I've got to do more than give them the second half of the conversation, too. Yeah, yeah. 
that's fantastic. And, and, and it is a challenge in, in a church marketing where we're always below budget, uh, or under budget or over budget. I'm trying to say we don't have the money to do what we want to do. Right. Wouldn't it be great if we had, we had the kind of resources that we just got by whatever equipment you want to. Um, but I think God puts us in that place. So we just have to have some wisdom and prayer and, and do our very best, do our very best. And, uh, well, when it comes to something like that, that I think God also gives us the opportunity to realize that, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily need all that stuff all the time. You know, mm. sometimes we just need more of his anointing in yeah. those categories. Yeah, he can do a whole lot more than we can do <laughs> with a lot less time. All right. We absolutely need that. And he anoints us. So when you think about your ministry, and it's been awesome to have you here. And you. and you, Pastor Timothy, you will be back. You, you're a part of, of Kingdom Link, uh, folks. He's the one that helped us set up on our, our equipment and doing different things like that. But um, we'll definitely have him back. But Pastor Pastor Jay, it's, it's an awesome privilege to have you here. And I love you like a brother, and I appreciate your ministry. Um, I'm attracted to uh, people who are authentic I'm, I'm disattracted to people who are plastic. Right. It's just my my, my nature, and uh, but I appreciate that uh, aspect. That being said, if you were to be able to go back and have a conversation, a sit-down conversation, something like this, with the young Pastor Jay, who's just getting started, what's one of the first things that come to your mind you tell him? Try not to live so... Um, so serious mm. about not making mistakes. I, I, some of the greatest revelation I've ever had is when I've fallen on my face. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, it's about 10 years ago, I had a major breakthrough in my prayer life. Major breakthrough. Changed my ever-living world. Um, I, I, I would tell him, now, I think that it was the circumstances that drove me. Mm-hmm. I had to have a breakthrough. I could not survive. Give me a revival lest I die. So it was in that, the urgency, the pressure cooker mm-hmm. that kind of drove that. But I think stick your neck out. Um, don't be so afraid of failure mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm afraid more than failure. I'm afraid of the opportunities that I can never get back. Conversations I can never get back. Yes, sir. And so it drives me. So I, I would say that. So one is, you know, prayer. I, prayer does so much to me as an individual. It releases something in me. Number two is don't don't be so worried about the mistakes. Love people relentlessly mm-hmm. in spite of all the critics. Love people. Um, and then I would... I would remind them a drive that I have today is I want so bad and I'm going to talk about this in our next service I want so bad to meet my potential I want to meet that person Mm. Mm. that person that doesn't know fear that person that doesn't know um, budgets Mm -hmm. doesn't know limitations the Bible says that when when Moses was going to go and says, God, we want you to go with us. And and God says that I'm going to deliver you. 
and it's translated, I'm going to deliver you from Egypt, from the bondage of Egypt, Mm -hmm. from the misery of your limitations. That's what it literally means. Mm -hmm. From the bondage of Egypt, it literally means from the misery of your limitations. And we're all limited. Oh, my goodness. We're all limited. Yeah. So I I want to meet. I want to know what he's going to look like. (laughs) And so I think that when you get a vision that vivid in your heart and in your mind, um, it allows the little things to just to fall by the wayside. Yes, sir. And instead of stopping and being so distracted Mm -hmm. by something that is just a distraction Mm -hmm. that you keep on going. And I think that as a young pastor, 20... Seven, I think, when I started pastoring, 27, 28, um, I think that there's little things that would distract me easy. And I would say, if I have a big enough vision, a vivid vision that I invest in, right? in my prayer journal, I mean, I, I have some vivid things that I draw out in my prayer journal. So if I can be that way to plan that out, I think that there's, I might be in a better place today you know, 15 years earlier, if I would have just been more focused on probably those three things. That's awesome. That's awesome. What a privilege it's been to have you with us today, Pastor Pastor Jay, and also Pastor Timothy. So, so delighted to have you. And David, um, as, a, as a young minister, uh, having moments like this is so valuable. Isn't Absolutely. It? Absolutely, and 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 being able to to discuss uh, I, to me, this podcast is like uh, after church, going out to eat, sitting around the table, yeah. and that's what it's felt like today, where the Holy Ghost steps in, yeah, you know, uh, uh, and feel the power and the presence of the Lord to help us, because as leaders, we would be nothing without Him. Right, mm-hmm. no amount of conferences can change that. No amount of knowledge can change that. No amount of listening to podcasts can change that. Is that uh, we are equipped by God. We're equipped by God to handle what what He throws our way. That's exactly right. Amen. Pastor Timothy, it's great to have you with us today, and appreciate you coming uh, here today. Uh, anybody have anything else to they want to just kind of throw in as we wrap this up? I would just say that Jesus turned the world upside down with a conversation. Hmm. Conversations are everything. I think that's a good dropping point right there. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today here at Kingdom Link. David and I were so honored to have Pastor Jay and also MPC's very own Pastor Timothy Gother in the studio with us for the last two podcasts. We trust that the content of these podcasts have been a blessing to our leaders who are listening and that it will help you to grow and become a better leader. Here at Kingdom Link, our focus is to grow leaders, to grow ministers, to encourage them and connect them to their purpose and to each other. We put out a new podcast every first and third Thursday of every month. And we encourage you to subscribe to Kingdom Link so you'll know exactly when it comes out. Thank you to all of our our listeners who have shared and who have uh, uh, promoted us through reviews. We certainly do appreciate it very much. We look forward to our next podcast as we dive into connecting generational leaders. Remember, leadership only matters if it is passed on.